right. So I, I also wanted to point out, you give credit where credit is due. Um, I, I, I noticed I, I go on and check, and I, I jumped up on the website for the uh, vaccine because we know now that it's open, right? Everybody's 16 and over. And so far there's been 1.3 million doses uh, that have been administered uh, in New Mexico. 47%, it's actually 48 because it's 47.9. 48% of New Mexicans who are eligible, 48% have received at least one dose. And uh, that, that's pretty good news. 30% have received both. And we lead the country. Uh, we lead the country. And so I just, I just wanted to say, you know, look, we're, we're critical as we should be. We call balls and strikes on everything. And, uh, you know, this is just, uh, I think, New Mexico uh, and all the folks that are working very, very hard uh, to get shots in people's arms, uh, we, we should be grateful for that. They're doing a good job. And the more people that we get vaccinated, the better it is for everyone. Now, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about today, but I want to follow up because I saw uh, yesterday we talked we talked about um, the culture wars, uh, and, and they're, they're breaking up that love relationship between the GOP and corporate America. Uh, as corporate America uh, more and more gets involved in the political debate. And I told you yesterday that uh, Mitch McConnell is warning big businesses that if they continue to act like a, quote, woke parallel government, there will be serious consequences. But I did see this one question uh, that was posed, and I thought it was important, a legitimate. And the question was, um, is, if, it's o- if it's okay for the GOP uh, to solicit donations, big donations, because remember, big government, and, and i got to tell you, in fairness, this relationship with big government and the GOP has been fractured for, for some time. Uh, but somebody posed the question, if it's okay for the GOP to take large, sizable donations uh, from big business, uh, then why, why should they tell them to stay out of the political debate? And thought, you know what, that's a legitimate question. Uh, but, but I go back to where I was before. Uh, on yesterday, as I said, look, I'm not for boycotts, uh, big government, and we heard right here from Sherman McCorkle. Uh, he is a a leader in economic development uh, in New Mexico, has been for years. He's been involved in some of them big businesses himself, and he said it is really a slippery slope for these big businesses. Uh, it's a real lose-lose. Uh, but that was the question that was asked. I thought it was legitimate. And I thought it would be, I would bring it up. Now, when we come back, one of the things I, I have on topic today is uh, the, uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Just stop thinking that. It has nothing to do with that because I forgot my place. I know what some of you are thinking and, and, you're, and you're evildoers for even thinking it. The infrastructure bill, uh, the president and especially the Democrats, they got some pretty good news. As it relates to the infrastructure bill, uh, wanting to rack up over two trillion dollars of more money, uh, and, and, but it's it it, it it's good news, 
and then there's bad news. Don't lay that pavement down too soon because there's a few folks that uh, they, 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 they have different ideas. Let's get back to right to the phones right away. Howard, you're on News Radio KKLB. Welcome, Howard. Hey, yeah, listen, I got two thoughts. One's on boycott that you mentioned and the infrastructure. Yeah. The boycott one is this. There's a new type of uh, boycotting going out on there. And the, the way it is is, like with, the, for example, when uh, my pillow was taken out of all the stores, a lot of people were going into those stores like Big Bath and Beyond, for instance, filling their carts up with a bunch of stuff and then abandoning them with a note saying, this is going to continue to happen until you change your policy on boycotting my pillow. Now, that's a new mm. type of boycott. It's not technically boycotting, but it is making it very dang inconvenient for the people when you fill your carts up and then just abandon them. Number two, yeah. on the infrastructure thing, uh, is that going to be anything like those promised shovel-ready jobs? And how much is going to oh. actually go toward infrastructure? And how much is going to go through pork like the COVID bill did? Oh, a lot, Howard. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let This is Washington. You, you know that. They're lining that baby up already. But let me say something about what you first said, filling up the carts and then leaving them there. That I, I'm sorry. If you're doing that, you're absolutely wrong. That is absolutely wrong. That's not, that's not boycotting. That's not boycotting anything. That's being a nuisance. I, I, you know, and, and again, it's, if, if, a, if a corporation says, look, I'm not going to carry my pillow, that's their choice. I mean, as Republicans, right? I mean, we've always supported the, the businesses and their right to, to conduct their business the way they choose. What you have a right to do is say, I'm not going to go to Department Store X anymore because I don't like that they pulled the MyPillow guy from the shelves. That upset me. They did that for political reasons. You have every right to do that. But if you go into a you go into one of these places and you fill up your cart with a bunch of goods and then leave it there knowing that somebody has to go back and restock that stuff, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about you. You need to check yourself. And and, and I'm not pointing at you, Howard, because you just you're the messenger here. You're bringing it up. Um, but don't don't do that. I, I mean that's just ridiculous. And again, it gets back to this whole thing we're talking about, where we are as a nation, right? I know we can disagree, and let's disagree all day long. But, but we've gotten to the point where we're upset about the my pillow guy. You know what I say to the my pillow guy? The, dude, you have a right to say and do everything you want. But the political consequences of it, um, you know, could be basically... Business consequences, right? You could be putting yourself in jeopardy of selling your pillows because there are going to be some people that will say, eh, not going to do it. Not buying your pillow, pal. And that's their right to do it. And just the other thing is that, you know, what you have as a reverse of it, you have a lot of people that will say, look, I'm going to go in and st I'm going to buy every my pillow I can. I would also say to you, don't buy, a, don't buy anything. Don't buy because some athlete told you to do it. Don't buy something because, you know, some 
a celebrity told you to do it or don't vote a particular way because they said and don't you know buy the my pillow because you know you, you you saw it or you checked it out and you liked it and you went oh, that's a great pillow this keeps my head nice and comfy but i will tell you it's not cool like the underside of the pillow to go into a department store and load it up with a bunch of goods and then leave it there so that somebody has to restock that and take a bunch of time and money. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you do that, you're not a good Republican. You're just a nuisance. And I would say the same thing, it was the left doing it. But man, Howard, I've, I had not heard that. I had not heard anybody recommend doing that. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, don't do that. Uh, Ed, that's just, man, I'm telling you. As I said, just choose not to go there. That's the answer to that. Choose to say I'm not going to, and I don't want to mention any, because I don't know where they stand politically. I have no idea. And guess what? I don't really care. It's like I said yesterday. You know, it, it's I, I, I like Coca-Cola. I'm going to keep drinking Coca-Cola. I, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing, as the old commercial says. But you know what? It, it's uh, I can disagree with them, and I do. The big thing I say is maybe the biggest lesson here, and and I go back to that question. You know, look, they the GOP asks them for big donations but then wants them to basically sit on their hands when it comes to politics. So basically what they're saying, look, we only want your money, but we don't want your opinion. And, and legitimate question. And, and, I, and I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, they have been big businesses traditionally uh, cozied up to the GOP for a lot of reasons when it comes to taxes. And that's really the big problem right now that Joe Biden has. It's that corporate tax. He wants to jack that baby from 21 to 28%. And he's got some people, again, Joe Manchin, saying, don't pave the roads yet. We need to, we need to talk. And Joe Manchin is a very powerful man right now. now. Now, there was a victory, as we said, and I'll get back to that after the news. A very big victory when it comes to process. And I know process sometimes makes your head spin. Uh, and it makes you just want to, you know, you, you you have to teeter on the ledge every once in a while when I talk about process. But this is all shaping up to be a very, very interesting debate. Joe Biden got his big victory. Uh, he did with the stimmy. He got the big stimmy victory. But I don't know about the infrastructure. Look, we all knew that the stimulus package was going to go through. There was no question about it uh, that that was going to happen. Uh, I was surprised to see uh, that the president immediately uh, then went to another big ticket item. And, um, you know, he's not even in office 90 days yet. Uh, and so he did. He said, look, let's go now to infrastructure. And it is a, a it's a two trillion plus dollar bill uh, that would Again, we can debate, uh, you know, all of the aspects of the bill, and, and Howard is right. There's going to be a lot of pork in there. 
there's going to be a lot of, you know, we call them the sweeteners. They love to sweeten up these bills uh, with a lot of things because you say, oh, infrastructure, roads and bridges. Fantastic. Well, there's broadband internet and things like that. You can argue that in the 21st century, that is infrastructure. But that's not the issue. The issue is that there is right now no money. We are baroque. There ain't no money in the checking account. And so for a lot of people, once they uh, realize that, um, you know, okay, this is, this is going to happen. And don't, don't get me wrong. There's some on the left that are arguing that the, the bill's not big enough, that it should be $3 trillion. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah we're already broke, but let's make it $3 trillion. But um, so here's the victory. Schumer had asked the par- parliamentarian, again, trying not to try to keep this as simple as possible. We all know that the way this works with this legislation is that to end uh, debate, you have to have 60 votes in the Senate. The Senate is currently 50-50. And so, yeah, that isn't going to happen probably. Uh, even I think some of the more uh, moderate Republicans are not going to vote. I think the, the the Republicans will hold fast. So Schumer goes to the parliamentarian and says, we would like to use the reconciliation process. And remember that worked against them because they, they wanted to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour during stimulus. And the parliamentarian said, no, nope, can't do that. that. That does not work. So basically it's the person who calls the balls and strikes on legislation. Well, Schumer went to the parliamentarian and said, look, uh, on this infrastructure bill, we want to avoid uh, having to, to get those 60 votes. And, and so uh, the ruling was, in fact, that uh, they could attach this to spending bills in, uh, from the past, and they do not need the 60 votes. And basically, it's a 50-50. And then you bring in the old Mr. Manchin. Joe Manchin, as I said, one of the most powerful men in all of the world. He is a West Virginia senator. He is a, uh, he's probably, I'm not going to call him center right. He's middle of the road. He is middle of the road. But he has basically come out and said, not so fast. He opposes, and the reason why is Biden has said he will increase the corporate sales tax. Remember, that was one of the highlights of President Trump's administration. He reduced the uh, corporate tax to 21%. I think it was 30% at the time. And he was able to, he was able to pull it off. And so here it sits at 21%, and Manchin is saying, no, I'm not going to support that. Now, he didn't just say, I don't support an increase in it. He said he thinks it should be more like, 25 percent and so he's making it clear at this um again one he wants to wield that power uh and i think what you'll see is him line up with some uh of the republicans maybe it is to streamline the bill a little bit um maybe it is to get uh get a few of those sweeteners uh for himself that could be what he's trying to do but uh regardless of it uh if that's the case that Manchin is signaling that, uh, and he's also, just for the record, uh, because, you know, it is for the record, 
Uh, Manchin is saying that he has other Democrats that feel exactly the way that he does as well, that it goes too far. And so that he wants, um, he's basically telling them, you better start negotiating with us now. And so it is clear to me uh, that this, it, it, you know, will there be an infrastructure bill? Probably so. Uh, will it be $2 trillion? Probably not. Will the te- corporate tax rate go to 28%? Probably not. Will it be somewhere in the middle of the road? Probably so. Will this annoy Biden? Will it annoy Bernie Sanders and the left? Without question. But it just goes to show you that, again, elections do have consequences. It is a 50-50 Senate. And Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker. So if even Manchin by himself decides to pair up with the Republican Party, which it appears that he's going to do, then... Uh, the bill won't go through. So it's it's not even that we're going to get to that point. It's that when this bill comes up and is finally, uh, they start deliberating the details of this bill, uh, they're going to have to work with Manchin. I think it's a great thing. Uh, you know, I, I would like to see, um, I would like to see that, um, you know, Manchin has that ability to, to, to force the, the Democrats to negotiate. Uh, especially on that corporate tax. But it also reminds me, folks, uh, as I said, elections do have consequences. It's why Georgia was so important. It would have been that checks and balance, uh, the checks and balances that, that we needed, especially with an administration, and especially, uh, you know, you have the, the Bernie Sanders, he's going to be chairman of, of the, the very powerful fin- Finance Appropriations Committee, and believe me, uh, nothing makes Bernie happier than spending some do re me. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, this is an interesting kind of turn of events. Uh, but I think it also signals that on some of these, it, it, Manchin's going to have the ability to keep his party uh, kind of in check. Uh, but just how far in check is to be determined. Hey, let's get back to the calls. Ron, you're on News Radio KKOB. Welcome to the show, Ron. Good afternoon. It's always good to listen to your show. You Thanks, know, um, these are senators from uh, New Mexico. How come they're not fighting to, to stop the overtaxing us and all the rules and regulations? They just follow the Democrat line. They, they don't, they're not independent at all. And it's a shame. They probably even vote for H.R. 18 to take our guns away. Well, where are they? They're, they're about the party line, and that's it. They don't care about what we do. Well, but they're about the party line, but they they represent their party, Ron. You understand that? I mean, I understand um, that, but it's a. I thought it was supposed to be the people first, not the party first. Oh, Ron! <laughs> if you believe that, uh, yeah, that that's both sides. But you that's know both sides of it. The thing about it is, the average person that doesn't look at this every day uh, through the eyes of the Democratic Party and just looks to the national news media, they believe everything. But maybe somebody ought to say something. Yeah, well, I will tell you this, uh, Martin Heinrich, and I don't know, uh, uh, Martin Heinrich is a, he's an outdoorsman, he does a lot of hunting, uh, and I'll tell you, even when I ran against him, uh, you know, I, I, he did more hunting than I do, do because I don't go hunting, um, <laughs> and, and so I don't, it's just never been my thing, uh, but I do like to target practice, and I, I, you know, you know, I love my, 
I love my weapons. Uh, but I don't know where he is on that issue. But here's the my point, though, Ron. It's okay for Martin Heinrich uh, to, to, to be center-left, that he can support the progressive agenda, because there's not going to be anything that, as far as I can see right now, he's, he's, he's comfortable in his position and likely to yep. win re-election. I have a problem with the whole thing, because he doesn't even live here. Well, he does now, though. <laughs> what, did you buy a, 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 a postage stamp somewhere in the state? Yeah, but all right, all Ron. Right. All right, Ron. All right, I appreciate it, Ron. Fair is fair, okay? You know that I'm I'm big on that with this show, and I love Pete Domenici. Uh, God rest his soul. But Pete Domenici did not live in New Mexico. <laughs> he had, he had a place where he stayed when he came, uh, but he resided in Washington D.C. and and many of them do. Uh, we know that Martin Heinrich moved to. Maryland, uh, but he did move back. It's my understanding uh, that he moved back to Albuquerque. I got to tell you, um, you know, it is a lot. I, again, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for them uh, because you don't have to. But um, when I did run for Congress, one of the things Heather Wilson said to me uh, was, you're just going to hate having to go back and forth. You're going to get sick of it. And she did all the time. She did not stay uh, when she was done with her week she came back to New Mexico, and she did that, that flight uh, just about every week. And she told me it was draining. Uh, and again, not to feel sorry for them, but that, that's just a fact of life when you, if you want to be in the Senate. So going back to Martin Heinrich, though, Ron, it, look, he's a progressive, okay? Now, there's no question about it. Will he vote for the majority of this legislation? Absolutely. Because he also feels he's one-handling. He's one handily in New Mexico. And so that he thinks he has a mandate to be able to, to carry out uh, the, the, the direction uh, of the voters. And, and go back to it. New Mexico is a blue state. It is a very blue state. And, and until that changes, um, you know, I would, he's going to do what he does. And it gets me back to what we started on with these culture wars. What makes the GOP think winning a fighting a culture war is going to make them a a, a leader? Uh, you know that, that. How does that put them back? Stop fighting the culture wars. Let the left do that. Uh, I think we should be about the party about ideals, uh, a, a vision. But yeah, but make no mistake, Ron. Uh, Martin Heinrich represents his this state. Uh, with what he believes is a progressive mandate. He's won handily. Uh, he hasn't really had any competition uh, since 2010 when John Perella uh, ran two years after me. It's close. And since then, he's had a pretty easy time of it. Uh, and, and so I, I say to you, yeah, don't be surprised. Right? Don't be surprised. There's nothing to be surprised about. That that he is a progressive, um, and I do. As I said, I know he owns guns, and he's a hunter. I don't know where he is specifically on every gun issue. Um, but you know, but make no mistake, is he going to vote for these bills? Of course he is. Uh, and, and again, it's it's a state, uh, it's the current state of affairs for the GOP. And the state seems to me to be getting a, a, a bluer by the day. So, 
is what it is. Mario on News Radio. Mario. Hey, how you doing? Love the show. Um, Thank you. Just wanted to comment. You're welcome. Wanted to comment on the corporate uh, tax increase yeah. in the infrastructure bill. Um, I don't know if people are aware of this, but they're probably going to be outsourcing from those corporations. There's probably going to be layoffs from those corporations. Um, and it's not that we don't need the infrastructure overall or whatever, but that's a lot of money to spend. Um, those are kind of the two things that I was worried about. I'm going to hang up because i got to get back to work, and I await your reply. Thank you so much, Darren. <laughs> okay. Get back to work, Mario. Don't, don't or just blame me. Tell me I'm talking to Darren. It's a great point, Mario. I think that's part of the, that's the thing we have to remember. We use the term corporate. And, and, and what you picture in your mind right away uh, is the big guys, right? The big, giant, mega companies, the mega corporations. And uh, look at, if it goes, let's say it even goes from 21 to 25. Uh, we see these reports all the time that these big corporations don't even end up paying taxes for a variety of reasons. Uh, where it hurts, it's the little guys. You know, not the big giant companies and corporations that, you're right, some of them can move it overseas. Uh, they get tax breaks for everything. How, how is that a company like Amazon doesn't pay taxes? Now, uh, before you scream and yell at me, I, I do know they pay taxes. But my point being, when we talk about the corporate rate, and, 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 and when you, you got to remember, you have to remember, we are talking about businesses. And that's where I think, uh, that's what the GOP should do, Mario. The Mar let the big companies go. I know they get a lot of money from them. Uh, and, uh, you know, and they, they, in, they reply in kind with the, the regulations and things like that. I think the GOP, well, that's what I'm saying, fighting a culture war with big corporations, that doesn't get you back in power. What they should start focusing on is small businesses. The engine that drives the economy. And it doesn't matter if it's in New Mexico or the United States of America. That's where I think the GOP is missing the boat. And I will argue that they, especially nationally, uh, they've been more inclined to be worried about the giants, the big guys with the big pockets that write checks, uh, you know, it, for millions of dollars. Obviously not to candidates because there's limits. But they donate truckloads of money. And that's who the GOP historically has looked after. And so my recommendation to you, uh, it, it GOP, as I speak to you, you start focusing on the little companies. Gloria, you're on News Radio KKOB. Welcome to the show, Gloria. Thank you. Uh, yes, my reason for uh, calling in is that I am, uh, since you were talking about the infrastructure bill, there is something in the infrastructure bill that's bothering me, and it has to do with senior citizens. Uh -huh. And what it's, uh, what they've been promoting it on TV, the radio, everywhere, that uh, it has home health care and all kinds of other benefits for senior citizens. However, um, when you go and read the bill, the proposed bill, um, it only, that, those benefits are only going to be for uh, people who receive Medicaid. It, it is not going to be for all senior citizens. Uh, if you are on Medicare, you don't get it. And I just think that is so unfair to do that because um, if you're a senior citizen, most of us need it. 
and okay. uh, whether you are Medicaid or Medicare, and I think that they need to stop lying to the public and just promoting it as a senior bill and be frank about what it's really doing, and um, maybe uh, we can make a little noise about it and get everybody covered. That's my opinion. Okay, Gloria, I appreciate it. You're, so you are right. There are conversations uh, being had about expanding uh, Medicare and Medicaid in the infrastructure bill. And I, I, I tell you that one of them has to do with the age. They're talking about taking it from 65 to maybe 55 or 60. Uh, there are also uh, it's discussions about uh, including dental and eyeglasses and things like that. And, and, and let me tell you, my position on this, uh, it, it's pretty easy. That has no place whatsoever in an infrastructure bill. That is precisely what is wrong with Washington, D.C. Infrastructure, and as I said, I get it. I understand now that people are saying that the infrastructure, that uh, having broadband Internet access is the new infrastructure. It's the new economic development. We used to talk about it, uh, and especially when I worked in the Johnson administration, uh, there was a, uh, and they did. You remember they expanded uh, 550 from Bernalillo to Farmington uh, to a four lane. Uh, and that was an infrastructure bill designed specifically to enhance economic development, make it easier to do business in Farmington and Farmington easier to do business in Albuquerque. Well, that's a lot has changed in 25 years. And so people are now saying, well, uh, shouldn't that also, if we're talking about economic development, shouldn't we include uh, broadband, uh, broadband, internet access for more? And look, it, it's a legitimate argument. The, the definition of infrastructure changes uh, all the time, as it should. But I can tell you, without hesitation, that the Medicaid program and the Medicare program, um, it, it has nothing to do with infrastructure. Uh, but, but that's, and, and a lot of this talk about expanding it, uh, I know this comes as a shock, but it's Bernie Sanders. And this is the way they like to do things, sleight of hand. Because if, you, if I went to you and said, let's change, uh, let's pass some legislation. Uh, our roads are in horrible shape. And if you drive out on you know, I-40, if you drive on the uh, I-25, some of the roads, I'm sure there'll be local money as well. You, you know it. I mean, there's, 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 as the old chalk it up for room for improvement, right? So if I were to ask uh, a thousand people in this country, is spending money on infrastructure like improving the roads and uh, repairing our bridges, is that a good idea? They'd say, well, yes, of course it is. We all, need, we all need to be safe and secure when we're driving on our roadways. And we, can all, we all know firsthand there are places that need the help. But tell me if you were to ask that same group of 1,000 people, if they believe that infrastructure uh, improvements had anything to do with Medicare and Medicaid. It doesn't. But see, let's roll in all this extra stuff under the guise of it's infrastructure. And it's just nonsense. 
It's absolute crap as far as I'm concerned. And it's also the reason why we are on the downside of $30 trillion in debt as a country. You know, I hear people say all the time, it's like, oh my God, the federal government gave, they bailed out the municipalities and the states. The federal government? The federal government didn't bail out the municipalities, the counties and the states. The taxpayers did. We need to start remembering that. And, 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 it, and, it, and it drives me right back to what I was talking about. If the GOP wants to return to winning ways, these are the things they have to talk about. And this is the behavior that has to change. The GOP cannot be concerned with the debt uh, only when a Democrat is in office in the White House. And it is. It, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's frustrating to me, Gloria. You called me and you asked me a legitimate question. You did. And it is a legitimate question. And, and there's many of us that will argue we will never get out of debt in this country unless we talk about some of the programs that you mentioned. But talking about infrastructure and then in the second breath talking about Medicaid and Medicare and how it relates to the infrastructure bill is absolutely insane. But look at Washington, the bureaucrats in Washington, they don't even care. They don't even care. You can say, well, yeah, there's a direct line between infrastructure and Medicaid and Medicare. And one's, yeah, no, there's not. There's, there's not even blurry lines. It's just because you've got a progressives like Bernie Sanders who is now in charge of the checkbook in the Senate, saying, look, I, you know, if the man had it his way, everybody in the country would get a check for $5,000 a month. Make no mistake about that. But uh, I'm, I'll get up off my, my high horse. I don't know why I think my, my horse is high. I hope he's not high. I better take a test on him, make sure he's not too high. But it doesn't make any sense, folks, why we continue with this insanity. It's absolutely wrong. We're talking about the prospects. We're talking about the prospects of the infrastructure bill uh, passing, which I think are good. I think we're going to get some version. Uh, I think the Democrats will scale it back to appease Senator Manchin uh, because he is a, he's got he's, an, uh, he's a vote, but he's a damn important vote. You make no mistake about it. Let me apologize for my voice. Um, I, I just. I don't know if it's allergies. I don't know what it is. I'm just losing my voice. And I know there's some of you that are are, are, are weeping as I say that. Um, and there's others that are rejoicing, saying, please, God, take his voice now. And, and you don't have to bring it back. But so I'm sucking on my cough drops, and I, I'm trying real hard. Um, but, you, you know, it that that's the thing. Um, when you look at, you know, we people always point at New Mexico. They say, well, we have to have a balanced budget. And God bless that. You know, God bless our Constitution saying that we have to have a balanced budget. And could you imagine if that were to happen in Washington? Yeah, just if those two things, if I could have the wish list of two things that I wanted for Washington, 
Uh, one would be uh, a balanced budget that they would be forced without borrowing. That's let's just make that clear. Uh, and two would be term limits. I, I think a, a good cleansing of the institution would be a very healthy thing uh, because this is exactly what you get. Uh, Brandon said there was some talking about uh, passing the election reform uh, and, and calling it voter infrastructure reform or democracy reform. What was it, Brandon, that you said they said it would be called? If you're there, I'm sorry. to Democracy don't. infrastructure. <laughs> democracy infrastructure. So, you know, we laugh. Brandon and I had a good laugh. Uh, but I told him, shh, we shouldn't even say it. It'll give somebody an idea. And, and that's the point of it. It doesn't matter anymore. None of it matters anymore. You can call anything you want to call it. Uh, and they're gonna and they're gonna juice this thing up with all their little sweeteners, all their little pet projects, and the the amount of money that each and every one of us owes to pay that debt will grow higher and higher and higher. And, and you know, it, it's you because you say, I, look, and it, it's not just it's not the right. I hear these same things from the left as well. They're disappointed, maybe on different for different reasons. But I think if you uh, and if you look at the polling, most people are pretty disgusted uh, with Congress. But it always goes back to that the word staple, the one constant in politics is we hate Congress, but we tend to love our congressmen and Congresswoman, our local representatives. And that's just something that's just always made me go, huh? Um, you know, it, it's not my representative or my senator that's causing uh, the turmoil. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that, yeah, so if I had, if it were a perfect world, those are the two things that I would change about Washington. Right, do you have an idea, uh, maybe as well? If I gave you even just one, what would be one of the things that you'd like to change about why? Without saying no, no more Democrats, right? that's because that's you know. But we could have term limits, you know. We could have a balanced budget amendment, um, you know, things that we talked about long ago, uh, and and I think that would be would be good. Let's take a call, Brian. You're on News Radio KKOB. Welcome, Brian. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, Hello. I had this idea for a holiday. We got we have all these goofy days, you know, hug your dog day and all this kind of stuff. I think tax day is coming up. Normally it's April fifteenth, but they pushed it off till May, correct? And uh, yeah. I think the day after or the day before tax day. I mean, I've had to writ, wrote my share of multi thousand dollar checks to the government, and it's not fun. But we ought to talk about all the ways we subsidize different industries and other groups in this country. We should call it National Subsidy Day and talk about all the ways that we throw money away. Everybody just always wants to blame the poor in Medicaid, Medicare, which is a big chunk of it. But we also subsidize agriculture. We subsidize real estate. We subsidize people in Florida living on the coast. And in whoa, the, whoa, whoa! Don't get you know, crazy. Hey, Brian. here's another one for you. <laughs> well, don't get you. crazy. Uh, that's inside baseball. But We've go ahead, been Brian. Giving since since the late 70s 
even giving Israel and Egypt each $3 billion a year as part of a peace agreement. And that's minimum. Actually, we've been giving them more than that. So you multiply whatever that's been, call it 42 years times six. That's how many billions of dollars you've given the Egyptians and the Israelis. And truth be told, you know, they turn around typically and buy American weapon systems. You know, mm-hmm. and speaking of West weapon systems, we spent we're spending over a trillion dollars on the new F thirty five for the military, which has tons of teething problems and isn't working very well. And you know, we have the biggest air force times ten of any other country in the world. You know who has the second biggest air force? Tell me. United the United States Navy has the second biggest air force. Oh yeah, makes and then sense. I heard a, a yeah. figure that. Of the 10 biggest air forces in the world, six of those air forces are our allies, like the Israelis and the Germans and the English. But see, we throw away tons and tons of money on so many things, but we never talk about it. You know, it's always point the fingers at the poor, point the finger at the rich. You know, that's the game. And we got to open our minds a little bit and think about what we're really doing. So, yeah. No, Brian, I, no, I appreciate that. Look, I get it. Uh, and, and so we, we no, I got to go jump to a break here. We do give countries money, and it has a lot to do with stability. And, and you could say, well, that's just a waste of money. We need to focus on we need to focus on us first. Um, you know, the whole America first thing. But 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 let me tell you something. Um, you know that, that investing in some of those countries, um, it goes a long way. It, it is it is an investment in our national security. And I don't think all of it is a waste of money. Let's jump back onto the calls. Sarah, you're on News Radio, KKLB. Welcome, Sarah. Yes, I just I wanted to um, comment about the, the nationally federalized election rules instead yeah. of each having uh, each state deciding for their election rules. Okay. Because, you know, yeah, because look at it. It's not fair. Here in Mexico, we could vote absentee for no reason at all just because you want to just be lazy um you don't need a reason but other states like uh, i think georgia and carolinas you have to be like over 70 years old or you have to be out of town or you have to have a medical condition that that is not fair for the voters it should be just standard all the way across across the country uh, and oh, the okay. phone number here is uh, 243 vote, 243-863 for the county clerk. Right. So the, what do you think about that? How do you feel well, about that? Well, let me tell you, Sarah, I always appreciate and thank you for the call. I always appreciate Sarah always gives out the vote number, man. She knows that number by heart. I, for, well, first of all, Sarah, I don't, I, I, you know, let, 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 let Georgia be Georgia, you know, and, and let Texas be Texas. And um, I think every state uh, has its unique issues and concerns. I'm a state's rights guy. That makes me kind of a conservative. And, um, and, I, and yet there are certain things about national elections. You know, I think that all states should use paper ballots, right? Uh, that way there's, a, there's a, an audit trail. And you can look at, um, and especially as we're talking about presidential elections but but i don't think that we should and boy sarah we're just sitting here got we just got done talking about how the federal government doesn't do anything right and, and so yeah i just uh i i i see where you're coming uh 
I know where you're coming from, but I just, uh, I'm not there yet. I, I like the states having some say in how they conduct elections. Pat, you're on News Radio KKLB. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, sir. Hey, yeah, the one thing that I think I'd like to change in, on Capitol Hill is term limits. I'd like to see term limits across the board. Career politicians are what are messing us up, have been for decades, and they always will. But mm. I think the biggest problem we have, Darren, isn't on Capitol Hill. It's the rest of America. Until we get Americans to start taking notice with what's going on on Capitol Hill and putting the right people in the right places and trying to get more in line with the true needs of the nation, we're always going to have the problem on Capitol Hill. It's the American people who are failing themselves the most, in my opinion. Well, do you... um... So let me ask you this, though, Pat. Um, so right now, obviously, it's a 50-50 uh, in the Senate. Uh, it's very close in the, in the House. Um, and, and so one would argue, counter to your point, well, but that's kind of representative of how our state is right now, uh, that it's actually a pretty good representation. We're evenly divided, and, and you can't get any more evenly divided than 50-50. I, I agree 100%. I think that division uh, will, would be more readily maintained closer to that on both sides of the aisle. However, the issue is the senators and the congressmen that are in office, they develop their own agendas. And even when we're closely divided like we are, and we will always be that way, you know, give or take a four-year yeah. period, but the agendas that these career politicians get in there, they're comfortable, they make the money, they've got the, the, the health care, their, their life's great. Why would they want to get away from that? We have got to figure out a way to keep new blood going through there, regardless of how well divided we are and how well represented on each side of the aisle we are. Until we have new blood and new thought processes and people who are there to help make a change in a limited amount of time, which is what political appointed areas, that's how they, that's how they were set up. Most of them had other jobs. You know, they were just there to try yeah. and make a difference for a short term. But I, I, I don't know. That's just what I think. Yeah. Pat, I, I appreciate it. I agree. You're right. And that's both sides. They get so set in their ways um you know i've had some people call up and say well if you look at how much you know congress has flipped you know it, it's it's working itself out uh that they, it's the natural process of winning and losing elections is basically um a term limits even though it's not um it, it's not actually directed by term limits it's been uh directed by the voters um but you know i i think you're right uh, and, and, and as I said, you get to Washington and it's so much easier. And as I said uh, before, it goes back to, you know, reaching political contributions. When you're in Congress, you're back there with the big hitters. Uh, it's easier to raise money. Um, you have access to more money. And, and I hate to say this, but 90% of elections, the, the candidates that spends the most money wins. That's the way it is. It's the way it's been. That's a constant. And so don't disagree with you, Pat. Uh, I don't know if it's something we'll see 
uh, in our lifetimes. Uh, but but make no mistake, I'd like to see a budget, balanced budget amendment first. Regardless of who's in there, force them uh, to, to act response, responsibly. Uh, because this isn't being responsible. This is just, they, they, it, it is literally Congress uh, and, and President Biden not giving a damn. I, I, they don't care. They don't care if the country's broke. They have priorities, and their priorities have to do with spending money. And, and don't get, get me wrong, because you already know I said it. Republicans have spent just as much money uh, at different times, and, and they didn't care either when they were in charge. 